Welcome back to We Need to Talk for our Valentine's Day episode for couples. I am Dr. Darcy Sterling, also known as your Valentine's Day Grinch. I do not approach February 14th with enthusiasm. I use it as a day to reflect on my own behaviors in my closest relationships, kind of like a performance review. And then I try to identify a couple things that I can either engage in more morally or a behavior that I want to diminish in the coming year, all for the purposes of improving my relationships. But the truth is, my brain naturally contemplates my relationships on most major holidays. And I am a fan of holidays. I love to feed people. I adore my friends and family. And any opportunity to gather with them gives me immeasurable joy. So even though this is sort of a regular exercise for me, there is something distinct about my feelings for Valentine's Day. I just like the commercialization of love and the burden it puts on good partners to spend money unnecessarily. Mostly, I hate the spotlight that it puts on people's relationship status, especially women who are overtly and covertly targeted with messaging that correlates their worth, our worth, with whether or not we are securely coupled. I am a relationship therapist who does not believe that everyone needs to be in a relationship. They're not for everyone. I think everyone should have some relationships, but I don't think a monogamous, intimate, committed relationship is a universal necessity. That said, it's a bit ironic that my least favorite holiday winds up being the one that we record two episodes about. Last week, we covered navigating Valentine's Day as a single person, and this week we'll cover how to handle this time of year as a couple. I'm down to do it because as much as I don't like the idea that singles can feel excluded on Valentine's Day, I also recognize that many couples truly want to celebrate their love on this day. And if you're one of them, I don't want you to feel like that's not okay. So here we go. I'm here with my very enthusiastic niece and co-host Ashton Tardiff to discuss how couples can celebrate this day and hopefully share some ideas on how to honor your love in some unique ways. And I got some really great gift ideas at the end of the episode. Hi. Hi. So obviously I know you aren't a Valentine's Day fan, but your shirt is so festive. I really tried to lean in, Ashton. I'm trying. I'm, I'm here in red for those of you who are hearing me only and not seeing this. And I love it. The effort is amazing. So let's jump right in. Do you think that we can use Valentine's Day to make or reestablish a commitment to stay more connected and romantic all year round instead of just this like one day? Well, now I feel like you're starting like with the love language of mine, which is how can we use this day as inspiration to be this way all year round? And that is really at the heart of my disdain for this holiday, because I think the shit that we do on Valentine's Day, I do think it has to happen all year round. So when thinking about how to make that accessible to people, this is what I would say. Yes, and here's how to do it. So at the beginning of working with a new client, I do this marathon-long session that is called an assessment, where I try to get their whole history. When we get to the relationship section of the assessment, which because I'm a relationship therapist, that's the longest part of the assessment, one of the questions I ask is, what is your partner's biggest complaint about you? Or what is their mm -hmm. most common request of you? Mm -hmm. And the reason I ask that is because I want to know if 
the client has even consciously processed that there are common denominators of the complaints that their partners have expressed to them, usually across partners. So what to do with that? So you identify the most common complaint or the most common request of your partner. And then, so I tried this out with a few different most common complaints. Drop it into chat GPT and do it this way. My partner wants me to be less insert complaint here, or my partner wants me to be more insert request here. What are some ways I can improve this? And I'm telling you eight to 10 very basic ideas will propagate and you don't have to pay a shrink, honestly, because even if you did, they'd probably be like, and how does that make you feel? And I don't mean to be sh- I don't mean to be shitting on therapists, but like sometimes we just need actual feedback and advice. And ChatGPT can do that for you with respect to this. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. But let's say we're we're rock stars in our relationship year round. I mean, obviously no one's perfect, but isn't it nice to have an occasion where things can be extra special? Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. I am fine with Valentine's Day, particularly for people who are conscientious throughout the year. What I don't like about Valentine's Day is the relationship equivalent of the weekend warrior workouter. You know what I mean? Where they hit it hard on the 14th and go mm-hmm. back to who they were on the 13th, on the on the 15th. That is the thing that I object to. So if you're going to bump it up on this one day, yes, by all means. And I had never actually thought of it like that. I love that idea. Just bump up the love. Mm. If this is the day that you're showing it for the first time, you got some thinking to do. Oh, yeah. Which is a great segue into the next question, which unfortunately I feel like most of us have been privy to is if you're dating someone, or maybe if you are a generally unromantic person, how do you recommend that they tap into their skills to make this day special for their partner, because I do feel like romance is something like you're either inclined to or you're just not. You don't have to be Romeo on Valentine's Day. I am not a particularly romantic person, so I I can empathize with and identify with people who don't feel particularly romantic. Think of Valentine's Day and the gift, less about being about the gift and more about showing your partner that you pay attention to the things that they like and dislike, similar to people whose love language is gifts. I'll tell you that the most important relationship skill, and this kind of kills my soul a little bit, it's not your communication skills. It's not your conflict resolution skills. It's not the extent to which you know how to tap into your emotional intelligence. The most important relationship skill is literally called knowledge of partner. And what that means is, how well do you know your partner? Valentine's Day can be viewed as an exercise in demonstrating to your partner how well you've paid attention throughout the year. I think Mm. if we zoom in and focus on it being like that, the gift takes care of itself. So what is your partner's favorite pizza topping? What is their favorite music genre? What is their favorite recording artist? Their favorite movie? Their favorite author? Their favorite book? Their favorite hobby? Hone in on those things and then make that part of their gift. Demonstrate that you paid attention to those things in the gift that you give your partner or the experience that you give your partner. So 
You really don't have to be Romeo. Steph and I are not particularly romantic people. We're kind of concrete, very pragmatic people who have compensated for that deficit by having a section in our phone called gifts. And throughout the year, when one of us is like, oh my God, look at this cute thing on Instagram, the other pulls out their phone and writes it down. So that when the holiday comes up, we're not left empty-handed and we have some ideas and we don't have to turn to the other and ask them you know, what it is they'd like for the holiday. You don't have to write the perfect card, but you should buy the newest book released by your partner's favorite author, for example. Mm. You don't have to be a poet, but you have to put some thought into this day. And that makes a lot of sense, which actually reminds me of last episode where I really just kind of came to the realization that love is just mindfulness and just like keeping your person in mind almost all of the time. But especially, you know, if this day is important to them, remembering those small things, those small comments they make, like it feels so amazing when I, honestly anyone remembers something that you say or something that's important to you. So there can be a lot of pressure, obviously, around this holiday, especially for special occasion uh, sexual acts and fantasies. Mm. So, uh, you know, I feel like there's two occasions where this comes into play, and that's birthdays. <laughs> oh, maybe three. Birthdays, Valentine's Day, and maybe like anniversaries. So let's say someone has a kink. And maybe it's not shared with their partner, but their partner will indulge them on, quote unquote, special occasions. You want to be tied up. You want to go full 50 shades. You want to do something that I, you know, honestly don't want to go into detail about because there's like crazy thoughts in my head. But you get it. I love the idea of a sex gift on occasion mm -hmm. when it's a kink. OK, let me just be clear. Birthday blowjobs, I hope your father's not listening to this. That is the reason why men don't want to commit, in my opinion. That is what I've been told Wait. throughout the years. No, what do like, you mean by that? Guys who once married only get blowjobs on their birthdays, anniversaries, or Valentine's Day. Oh. Every guy's worst nightmare. Well, that's that, crazy. what I've been told. I, I agree, which is why I'm clarifying that I am not talking about that. However, a sexual fantasy or a kink I like this idea. However, it has to be something that your partner has clearly expressed an interest in. It can't mm. be, I'm into BDSM and my wife is not. So I'm going to give her this as a gift. She's never even asked for it. I mean, can you even imagine all the ways that goes south? Oh my um, God. Has to be something that the person has clearly expressed an interest in, and I would say more than once. And what I would say is rather than facilitating it, so let's just say we're talking about a three-way, you don't set it up for the partner. You simply write in a little card, a cute little coupon. You clearly state what it is you're willing to engage in. And that way there's no confusion. You know what I mean? And that way it doesn't go any further than where you want it to go. But I'm telling you, when it comes to sex, communication is everything, and you have to be quite frank. So if I'm understanding, what you're saying is that we, we instead of setting up the fantasy or the kink, we need to kind of just like open the door for it to be an option. It doesn't necessarily need to happen on these days or occasions, right? It just Right. What I'm saying is if you're the person who has heard your partner express a fantasy and you've not leaned into it, to this point, and you want to gift them that for this holiday, write it out in a cute little coupon in a card. 
and tell them specifically what it is you're willing to do and that you're willing to do it and that it's a one-off. You're not looking for this to be a once a month thing. You're not mm -hmm. trying to turn into, I don't even Samantha know how to Jones. finish that. Literally don't even know how to finish that sentence. Thanks, Ashton. Thank you for saving <laughs> me. Yes, exactly. Samantha Jones. Uh, which I love for the record. I do too. We love As her. She's iconic. Um, okay. Here's a kind of sidetrack question that I was inspired to ask you based on this previous one is, do you think that couples should be having sex on Valentine's Day no matter what? Is it a bad sign if you're not? No. Do you know how many people don't even have it on their wedding night, Ashton? No? What? Yeah. Well, it's that's a sad story for another episode. Um, not my current marriage, but like people imbibe too much. And then they fall oh. asleep on the stairs on the way up. And like, okay. <laughs> that makes more anyway, sense. And, it, and it's not even, this is a very common issue. That said, there should never be mandatory sex on a particular night. Listen, there's nothing worse than, I think, than scheduled sex. I know that some people are into it. And if it works for you, do it. Do whatever makes you happy. Don't impose sex on someone on a particular day if they're not down for it. And I also think that like, for sure, have sex if you want to have sex on Valentine's Day. Also, there's there's always the next day. There shouldn't be a mandate for it, I don't think. I, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I just feel like societally, we have built, especially for women, there is pressure to look extra sexy, to wear the lingerie, to just be extra seductive. And do you as a woman feel pressure to have sex on Valentine's Day? Like this is a day that you absolutely have to if you're in a committed relationship? Absolutely. But here's the thing. I don't feel pressure because it's something that I want organically. There really isn't any situation or scenario well, on Valentine's Day where I wouldn't want to have sex with my partner unless... <laughs> something uncomfortable happened or the nights wasn't great, you know, just like you had a situation. fight. You had a yeah. Fight. Well, sometimes that even leads to even better sex, makeup sex, but just, yeah, if things aren't feeling right, you know, vibes right. are off. Look, I dislike the holiday because I don't want to be told I have to perform romance. Others shouldn't feel like they have to perform sex. Mm. Okay. But do have sex if you're in a committed relationship, unless that's part of your jam and the agreement. You, yeah. know, you have to have sex. If you're in a committed monogamous relationship, your partner is required to not get their needs met somewhere else. So we got to be having sex, people. Sorry. Or, or, <laughs> or make sure that that's a part of your relationship agreement. Okay. So if this day is really important to us, which... I feel like for a lot of people, it actually is. Is it fair to ex expect our partner to deliver on all of our expectations? If you've expressed your expectations, mm. you have to tell them they need a roadmap to know what to do. There's no universal way of how to show up on Valentine's Day. I mean, sure, the chocolate and the flowers, but the point of the matter is, is that every person has their own preferences for how they want their partner to show up on that day. Mm. And it's important when you have preferences to express them. And if you're the partner who has not heard preferences, shout out to men, ask your partner, hey, Valentine's Day is on the horizon. It's tomorrow, by the way. 
but you know, it's a little, and maybe it's not too late. It's not too late. It's, you know, it's the day before, you know, ask your partner, use this as a gentle reminder to ask your partner, how would you like Valentine's Day to go? What, what would you like? Ideally, if I could grant you any wish, what would it be? Mm. And that is a great point because that's something that I feel like I've personally struggled with in newer relationships. And a lot of people also struggle because they're not sure, especially women, how to bring it up. Because it's they, so awkward. It's almost like, oh my God, it's our first Valentine's Day together. And you get your hopes up, but you don't want to. And then more often than, than not, you are you are let down, which I have been there, folks, several times. Because you would think it's common knowledge for men to but understand it's not common knowledge. We all come from different family histories and different places and have different experiences. Our worldview is so informed by our early years. So nothing is universally understood. The feedback that I'm giving is very much a Western American cultural vibe. You know, it's the only culture that I've been exposed to that I feel that I can speak to with authority. So my experiences are going to color my feedback. Of course. Yeah. I act, I have a slight rebuttal here just because I'm sorry. Like if you are a man and you are in a relationship with a woman, again, I'm speaking to hetero couples because I'm a hetero woman. To me, it should be a no brainer to at least get her flowers. Oh, I of don't, course. No, that's, no, there has to. I'm sorry. I didn't. So here you think you were speaking communicating crystal clear and maybe you were and I'm a little dense but I didn't understand that that's literally what you were talking about so if you have unique expectations listen anything more than flowers and a card flowers and a card are a given it's a but given you'd it's, be surprised it's a, it's a bare minimum and I'm telling you that at the very least you have to give somebody a fucking card on Valentine's Day come on so do women generally give men gifts for Valentine's Day? Or, and what do you think about that as a whole? Well, Ashton, you're straight. Have you ever gotten a guy a Valentine's Day gift? Actually, I did. I love that. I love I made that. A you I, didn't, I made him a coupon book. I love that. It was very cute. It was very cute, in my opinion. I don't think that there's ever a reason not to buy someone a gift or to do something thoughtful for somebody regardless of their gender identity. And the men that I am closest to and work with professionally, they generally spend time talking to me about what they're doing for their partners. They're generally not talking about having hurt feelings that they didn't get a gift. Maybe they are getting gifts. I don't know. I don't know what most men expect on Valentine's Day. I think it's largely considered a female holiday, but I love I love celebrating partners, particularly if it's not expected, which is why Valentine's Day goes up my ass sideways. <laughs> I feel like men view Valentine's Day as an opportunity to get like laid the way they want to get laid if they're not having the type of sex that they want already year round. Um, Are you which, kidding me? No. They're, I, I do feel like men, ex they're like, hey, if I'm going to do all these things for you, which doesn't, again, this does not apply to everybody. But I do feel men are like, amazing. I know my partner is probably going to put in a little bit more effort. She might whip out some lingerie. Like, who knows? I, I feel like that's what they get out of this holiday. 
I don't think I've ever met a man who's like, oh, I just can't wait for Valentine's Day. I can't wait to feel pressure and and make sure I don't fuck up or pick the right place or whatever. I would love for men, though, to weigh in on this, actually. It's very interesting. So yeah, if you're a man, interesting. I, w- I would love to hear your thoughts on Valentine's Day. Like, do you like it? Are you scared of it? Would you like a gift outside of just a blowjob? Like, I don't know. Let us know. Super interesting to me. Let's crowdsource that. We shall crowdsource that. We shall. <laughs> okay. Speaking of another topic that I've personally struggled with, and I know a lot of my friends have, should the first Valentine's Day that you spend together as a couple be bigger or more quote unquote special since it's a new relationship? I think the first Valentine's Day is important. The timing is everything because think like, If you just met in December, how awkward Valentine's Day is. Even if you met in November, like the timing can be incredibly awkward. So I feel for people, the first Valentine's Day is important. Once you're in a committed relationship, it's very clear that it's a long-term relationship. So I'm trying to quantify this for people. Anything beyond three months, it's really important. Regardless of the length of time, if you're dating someone on Valentine's Day, when I was going to say it costs you nothing. No, it'll cost you something. That's that's the other piece of Valentine's Day that annoys me, how price surges happen. But mm. what I will say is you have to get somebody something on Valentine's Day. Again, unless you've had a pre-existing conversation where you're both going to like revolt against this day, you have to acknowledge it. You have to acknowledge the person you're dating or expect to have hurt feelings. Now, if Mm -hmm. you've been in a longer-term relationship, you want to do it right. The first Valentine's Day is important. So perhaps this should have aired four weeks earlier, and then it would have been a a better time to tell people if you're in a relationship and you're not sure how your partner feels about Valentine's Day, make sure that you ask some questions about, so how do you feel about Valentine's Day? How, How have you celebrated it in the past? Have you celebrated it in the past? Try and get some intel. When I first start working with a new client, one of the things I ask them is, tell me about your last therapy experiences. What did you love and what did you hate? Because I want to replicate what they loved and avoid the shit that other people already did to annoy them. You know? I don't want to make those same mistakes. That's the frame of reference. I'm like an old married lady. I've been married. It'll be 15 years in September. So I've been Mm -hmm. married and off the market forever. And my only frame of reference for getting that kind of intel or my most recent form of frame of reference is clients and like wanting to do right by them, hoping that they've had experiences in the past. Generally, people have. You know, you're a little bit younger, so maybe the next person you date may never have had a relationship, but you need to ask the question. God, I How hope not. you can initiate it, Ashton. It's not just for the guy to initiate with you. How has Valentine's Day been for you in the past? How have you celebrated it? What have you loved and hated about the day? No, that is definitely something that I will keep in mind, whoever I seriously date next, because I, I remember viscerally feeling so much anxiety in new relationships, actually even in existing relationships around the holiday, because I just was so unclear about what was going to happen. And I realized now it was because we had never talked about it or set any kind of expectations on on either of our ends. So 
this is really important. And I really do wish that this was airing earlier because we could have potentially saved some relationships. Um, okay, so let's pivot away from partners because as we've talked about, mostly in the first episode, Valentine's Day is mostly just about love. It doesn't have to be just for your partner. So how can we make this a kid-friendly holiday and include your children? And I had had mentioned last episode as well that my stepdad every year sends me flowers, which means the absolute world to me. But like, how can we do that for like other members of our family or if there are children? Yeah, I love that. So why I love that is because we learn as children how to approach holidays. That's how we learn how to approach holidays. So I have a quick question for you. Do you usually buy your mom flowers or a Valentine's Day gift? No, I do not. Oh, okay. should I be? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Really? Oh my God, at a bare minimum. You I'll text her. No, 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 no. No, actually. call her. Yeah, back it up. Go into any drugstore and look at Valentine's Day. You've got for my girlfriend, for my partner, for my wife, for my mother. Full stop. Mothers matter on Valentine's Day. And we learn to express our love to our moms on Valentine's Day as children. You know, growing up, I did not come from the best grade of men, as you well know, but my brothers and my stepfather always taught me to express my love for my mom on Valentine's Day, and I did throughout her entire life. So I think it is really important to teach kids that this is a day not just for romantic partners, but to show people that you love them. And that doesn't have to be limited to the mom. It can also expand to the dad. There's no reason why dads can't be celebrated on Valentine's Day. As you said, it's a day to celebrate love. So to include children on Valentine's Day, what I would say is have them make a card for their mom. Kids love arts and crafts. You as a child. I love and arts and crafts. <laughs> I have adult coloring books, guys. You do. You 100% do. I do. And you're the craftiest of, of young adults. You love to make things. You really are very creative. So send mom out for a mani-pedi, dad or mom, and have a craft day with the kids and make mom some really pretty cards. And when she comes back, there are some cute cards from the kids. And that gives them something to do with the holiday. It makes them feel included. It teaches them that Valentine's Day is not just for intimate partners, that it's also to express your love for everybody. And just like your stepfather shows you love on Valentine's Day, you can show my sister love on Valentine's Day. So Give her a little extra squeeze on Valentine's We're Day. We're gonna have to build this into the budget because I this is the first time hearing that. I'll I throw money be getting... at it, Ashton. You'll get Venmo today, okay? I'll get Ooh. you. I mean, it's it's not about the money, you know. Just a card. Just get her a card. Okay. Well, my Venmo will also be in the show notes if anyone would like to contribute to my mother's um, Valentine's <laughs> Day and mine as well. You're gonna um, start a. You're gonna. You're gonna start a crowdfund. <laughs> yeah, go fund me. Ashton has the best Valentine's Day ever. Thank you. Well, speaking of that, <laughs> is there a way to take money out of the Valentine's Day equation? So, like doing things that are romantic or thoughtful without, I guess, the arts and crafts card element. Like, let's let's go beyond that without needing to break the bank. So how to bump it up without right. a homemade card. 
Yes. So I've contemplated this, and this is partly why I've been able to approach this episode with such enthusiasm, because as you know, I love gifts. I love buying gifts. Remember my gift questionnaire that I... Oh, yes. I love giving gifts. I love giving <laughs> gifts. And I really, really, I pride myself on giving really good gifts, but I need intel to give a really good gift. So right. I thought of all the mistakes that one could make in getting a gift. You need to know what people love and hate, allergies. You need to know their favorite things. You need to know their sizes. So I made this gift questionnaire about 15 years ago, and I have given it to every new person in my life. I actually have one or two new people that I've not given it to, and maybe I will. Maybe I'll use this occasion to send it over to them. That'll be funny. But I made this gift questionnaire, and I give it to people early in the relationship so that it's not obvious when the holidays coming up. And oftentimes Mm. they'll be like, okay, this is amazing. I'll fill this out, but you have to do it also. And I've been happy to do it over the years for people as well, because they should know my favorite things. And so I was, I've contemplated these gift ideas and I've broken them down into two different categories for the romantic and for the consumer. So let's start with for the romantic. There's the why I love you jar. So you buy a cute little jar and you fill it with little pieces of paper describing why you love your partner. And that way they can read that throughout the year. There's I'll do your thing gift. So every person has at least one activity that they loved that their partner really dislikes. As a gift, you can offer to do that thing that your partner loves and do it with a good attitude. Kind of the way I'm showing up for this episode. I'm going to, but it's not a good attitude if you've like referenced it three times. So that's not a good attitude. You're doing great. You're, listen. Thank you. I'm okay. trying. I really you are. am trying. And I also shouldn't break my arm trying to pat myself on the back. Um, so if I were doing this for Steph, later this month, I would take her to meet the breed at the Javits Center, that big dog show. Nothing would make my wife happier. I know. Nothing would make her happier. If Steph were doing it for me, she would get me ballroom dancing lessons. It's something I love that she's like, meh, not really interested in, but it would really go a long way in making me feel cherished. So there's the I'll do your thing this one-time gift. And that's like a little coupon you put in a card for your partner. And it's it's kind of magical because your partner knows that you're really not into it. So you get extra points for like, doing Like, oh, you it. really love me. You must yeah. really love me. It's like you get an extra star for that. Then there's the never have I eaten this stuff gift. It's where you cook a meal together, but with a twist, you pick a cuisine that neither of you have ever tried. But that's for people like you, Ashton, who are down and enjoy trying all new foods. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not that girl. I like to know what I'm going to eat is going to taste good. I'm not that daring. You need two partners who have your sophisticated palate. I have the palate of an eight-year-old. Well- Okay, a rich eight-year-old, but an eight-year-old. <laughs> um, I have the palate of a drunk, sophisticated person because I love a McDonald's Happy Meal more than anybody on this planet. But then I'll also eat like omakase. Like those are my two favorite meals. Anyways, continue. So that's the never have I eaten this stuff gift. Then there's the acts of kindness jar. So this is great for kids who live like teenagers and young adults who are living at home for their moms. Maybe come up with 
10 or 12 things that you know your mom would love you to do around the house. And you can put each of those things on a piece of paper in a cute little jar. And then your mom gets to pull one out a week. You probably have to put a limitate in and for partners, of course, like acts of kindness, things that they don't love doing, or you just want to give them a break from the regular tasks around the house. You know, mm-hmm. there's the we'll do it your way tonight gift, which is your partner. So everybody has sexual fantasies. If you don't know what they are, this is a great occasion to suss that out. All you have to do is Google, how do I find out what my partner's sexual fantasies are? No, it's not by hacking into their 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 porn. It's by <laughs> literally asking them. Yeah, I was going to say. Your, yeah, I mean, there, there are creative ways. I have so many gifts. I can't go into this. This will be in a sexpectations episode down the road. But there are so many cute ways to ask your partner what their sexual fantasies are. If you know what your partner's sexual fantasy is, then consider picking one that might be a stretch, but is still within your window of tolerance. You can imagine yourself doing it. It's a little daring. It's not your everyday thing, but you'd be willing to do it this one time for them. And you write that out in a card as a gift. You make it as clear as possible. Telling you guys, vagueness is the kiss of death when it comes to sex gifts. It's a recipe for miscommunication. You don't want a sex gift to go wrong. And the biggest way it's going to go wrong is not by what gets done in the bedroom. It's by how it gets communicated beforehand. Mm -hmm. So be really, really bold and clear and just choose to be courageous and choose to ask the difficult questions and uh, know what your partner's sexual fantasy is. Find one thing that's a little bit of a stretch and you can offer to do that. The we'll do it your way tonight. Um, and it doesn't have to be on Valentine's Day. Back to your point about do we have to have sex tonight? You never have to have sex. But you do have to have sex if you're in a committed relationship. Like these sexless relationships, guys, unless people sign up for that, that is not that is not cool. But that's another no. episode. That I've just been episode. hearing so many clients in committed relationships who are telling me that they're like years and years and years they've not had sex. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm flabbergasted. I'm sorry. No one, if you're not watching this, I'm like a gape. Very, very exploitive of the loyalty trait in your partner, in mm. my opinion. And then there's a scavenger hunt. So if you must go out to dinner and you really want the shitty food with the worst service um, and the more expensive check at the end of the night, there's the attitude. There it is. I'm checking you. There's the attitude. 100%. Pick a restaurant that has emotional significance to both of you guys and then create a cute little personalized scavenger hunt with clues that lead your partner to the restaurant. That's a fun little twist on it. That's how I propose to that. That okay, I did not know that. That's an amazing Are you kidding and me? I did no, not know that. But I did that because I'm like because vulnerability is so awkward. I would just for me, I would just rather do the smoke and whistles and like so you're like, let's make it a game. A hundred percent. It just felt so much more comfortable for me. I can do the romance now, but that was a thousand years ago. That was, we're talking 19 years ago. I didn't know where my nose was back then. So yeah, the treasure hunt, the scavenger hunt with little clues. Yeah, I'll tell you all about that engagement story later. Now, for the consumer, 
Now, all of these ideas, to the extent that I was able to get discounts for people, they will be listed in the show notes, but there will be links to all of these ideas in the show notes, regardless of whether I could get you a discount or not. So these are for the consumer. Memor mixtapes? Um, like digitally? Sure. Sure. Like playlists? Like oh, mix yeah. CDs? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah. when somebody was crushing on you and they, they do like a playlist. Yes. Yes, yes. 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 So the concepts back with a modern twist, um, a little shop on Etsy makes the cutest two-inch stainless steel keychain that has a scannable barcode that plays the playlist that you create for your partner. You just scan it on, your partner will scan it on their phone, and up will come whatever songs you wanted them to hear, which I think is so cute. I think that's a so really cute, cute spin on a mixtape or a mix CD. Then there's the OMG Yes. So if you're interested in bumping up your sex life, there's a company that's partnered with Yale University, the Kinsey Institute, which is the epic institute that has been studying sex since I think the 1950s, maybe before that. And they have come up with a creative, playful, innovative way to provide informative videos that show you new sexual techniques, focus on and wait for it because you'll have to. That's how women work. It focuses on female pleasure. So they're all female oriented. And so partners can watch these together. It's called OMG Yes, the company, and there will be a link in the show notes to that company. You can buy a subscription and that's a lovely gift idea to just spice things up in the bedroom. For the stargazer, outdoorsy type of person, if you're somebody who's like into astrology or loves the outdoors or just a romantic, pick a calendar date that has like emotional significance to it. And you can treat your partner to a hard copy print of what the cosmos look like on that special date. And then they can print it and frame it. Love that. Too interesting. That's so cute. (laughs) No, I actually do because I love astrology. I love, no, I was just thinking in my brain that would be a great gift also for like parents. You know, it's just super sweet. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. If your partner is a lover of books and you think your partner might be into reading erotica, there is a book that also won the Nobel Prize in Literature in 2022 called Getting Lost. And the reviews are amazing. It's erotica? It's erotica. It's called Getting Lost. The link is in the show notes. I will be reading that this week. So will I. Um, (laughs) What? (laughs) There's one more that I have a link in the show notes to. So for my sober friends, if you either just don't want a hangover or you're sober, you need not go without a treat on Valentine's Day or after any long day. I have found a company called Curious Elixirs. And these drinks, they come in like cute little beer-sized bottles. They are filled with adaptogens that are supposedly great for stress. It scratches my itch on my non-drinking nights like nothing else. My favorite is number four. It's literally healthy for you. They don't taste like alcohol, but they taste amazing. Curiously so. So, Curious Elixirs, that'll be in the show notes. (laughs) I know. Oh my God. (laughs) Then I've got three that I don't have links to. These are more concepts. 
So the birthstone bracelet. If your partner's into jewelry, hop on Etsy and order a bracelet with both of your birthstones in it. In the event that you guys decide to get married or you multiply, you can add each of your children's birthstones to the bracelet over time. It's a real sentimental thing. Most women would swoon over it. And it doesn't have to break the bank because Etsy has made things so affordable. Mm -hmm. Then there is the Manscaped grooming kit. You can speak better to this than I, but if you're dating <laughs> a man who's into grooming, consider a Manscaped grooming kit, but only if they're already into grooming because, yeah. and I'll explain why more later, we don't want Valentine's Day to feel like you've given them a gift as a veiled criticism of them. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you have to make sure that the guy is aware of his hairy back and down to have it ripped off or buzzed off, however one does that these days. <laughs> Things I don't discuss with my clients, <laughs> my male clients. And then for the drinker, there is always the nice bottle of bourbon, which all the cool kids are drinking these days. You know, just oh. Google one of the better bottles of bourbon and get the guy that. Yeah. Or wine. We love wine. That Anyways, that's my contribution. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so, and that's it. Those are my gift ideas. Wow, that was wonderful. I mean, I have no one that, need, that I need to buy a gift for this year, except for, I guess, my mother now. That's but right. that is um, very good to note. And I'm sure this will be very helpful for some people because buying gifts, especially for men, is nothing short of like an Iron Man kind of Olympic challenge for the most part. I mean, at least in my experience. Back to gifts. So are there any gifts that you feel are generally off-putting and that we should just avoid? Just always avoid? Yeah. I wish I could say that I was uh, giving you these examples based on what clients have reported to me. They're my client fails, but they're actual personal fails. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah, long, long time ago. Oh, uh, the, as most of my relationship advice is rooted in, not only in theory, but I've made the mistakes myself. Gifts of self improvement that your partner hasn't specifically asked for can land as a crushing blow to their ego, and it mm -hmm. can feel quite critical. People do not want to feel like projects, they don't want to feel like you're dating their potential. Everyone wants to feel like they're loved for who they are. And so avoid gifts of self-improvement. So, for example, a couple's workshop, a, a relationship course, um, any trait in your partner that you wish wasn't there, don't get them a gift to fix it. Sex gifts that your partner hasn't asked for because that imposes on them this pressure to do things that they may not be ready for or may not have any interest in engaging in. So want to be really careful with sex gifts. Any gift that will feel like you're giving them a makeover you want to avoid. So do not get a woman personal training sessions. You know, mm. like yeah. do not get a woman. Oh, yeah. Unless she has specifically requested it. No Botox, no fillers, no, no hair appointments. No gift certificate. Ashton's like, I want all of those. And I'm literally like, okay, also linked in the show notes will be <laughs> all of my doctors and appointments and salons that I go to. Oh my God. Also, uh, new wardrobe. 
Yeah. Really? So, yeah, I did that. I did. I did a whole wardrobe. But what's wrong? Oh, a whole oh, because wardrobe. I did. I did. It was look. It was. It was the holiday. It was like it was Hanukkah, man. Eight wow. gifts and uh, it filled up a nice big box. But the subtext to it was you dress like shit. Which was he did. that? Oh, okay. Yes. There we go. He did. And and I never had said that directly, but I didn't have to after Hanukkah that year. And let me tell you, I wounded him, and I'm sorry that I did. But you know, I was a kid. I didn't know. Like, Life. stop embarrassing me in public. <laughs> Politely. Basically, basically, I was like, can we dress a little bit less 1980s? Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, Miami Vice is what he used to dress like that fucking killed me. That crushed my soul. Now, would it have been bad if instead of getting him the wardrobe, you just got him a gift card to a retailer where he could not find anything that is reminiscent of I did Miami Vice? I'm a Virgo. I'm a control freak. And I didn't trust that he wouldn't find a way to fuck it up. And also, I felt like a gift card felt really impersonal. I wanted to do the hard labor because I didn't think he would invest the time in doing that, which he wouldn't because there was nothing technically wrong with what he was doing. It was just a matter of my opinion. Which I stand by. But it was not a nice thing to do. So let me be your cautionary tale. No wardrobe switches for people. Okay. So that's Fair. it. You just you basically want your partner to feel valued, appreciated, and loved for who they are today and not feel like there is this subtext of you're not good enough. Right. So now that we've covered a lot in this episode about couples, do you know what you're doing for Valentine's Day? Yes, I do, Ashton. Yes, I do. I am cooking Steph's favorite meal. I've already ordered her garden roses, which are her favorite flower. And uh, I've already ordered the card. I order the cards because I I will forget to buy it. So I just go on Amazon and I find the card that I like and I just have it delivered here. So I should have that. We're filming this a few weeks in advance. So yes, I know exactly what I'm doing. Wow, that's great. You're ahead of the curve. I know a lot of people procrastinate. So well, we had this don't this, do that. This whole episode and the one before so far in advance that yeah. I felt like, gosh, maybe this is my not so gentle reminder to get my shit together. So that's mm-hmm. it. You're welcome because I know that this was my idea because you're so vehemently opposed to this holiday, but hopefully these last two episodes have perhaps opened it up more to not be such a pain point, irritation point for you. Ashton, you're absolutely right. It needed to be done and I appreciated your sage advice. Every now and then. And with that, would you please read us out? We need to talk with Dr. Darcy Sterling. It's a Sterling Standard production. This episode was produced by Darcy Sterling with editorial support from Vicky Vergolina. Editing by Bart Miguel. Our theme music is by Trending Music. Special thanks to Amanda Cristiani, Preston Smith, and Stephanie Sterling. We are ready to start booking guests on the show. So if you've got a guest suggestion, please email us at darcy at askdrdarcy.com. Please follow us by searching We Need to Talk with Dr. Darcy Sterling wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question you'd like for us to answer on a future episode, please email us at darcy at askdrdarcy.com. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode packed with relationships and dating hacks that have nothing to do with Valentine's Day. You're welcome, Darcy. Thank you, Ashton, for all of it. Thank you.